Tonight at our GZM meetings, uh, I've been praying and, and trying to figure out where we were going to move next after we kind of went through the steps. And I figured we would go down the road of some ABCs of recovery in Jesus. So tonight we're going to tackle an A. And uh, one of the best A's that I can remember is acceptance. So I'm going to read out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page 449 in the third edition. It says, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some per person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Shakespeare said all the world is a stage and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was the chief critic and I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew that you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance have taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God and we each have the right to be here. And when I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. And I am saying that I know better than God. When I went to my first rehab, when I was 25, my very first counselor circled and highlighted this in my very first big book. And she said, this is your solution. Because all I did was complain about my mom, my dad, my situation, this, that, and the other thing. I had no ability to accept. I was a complainer, and I knew that everything was wrong with everybody, and including myself. And I had no idea how to accept anything. And when we don't have an idea how to accept anything, we make excuses, we blame, we stay in denial. And when we stay in that type of attitude or mindset, we cannot truly heal. Years later, you know, as I was attempting recovery again and going through a breakup and very depressed, very broken, I would come into almost every single meeting and pick up this exact reading because they would have it on a a card and I would read it at every meeting because I knew in my mind that as long as I couldn't accept certain aspects of my life that I couldn't be happy you know and I was extremely depressed and I didn't want to deal with the fact that I was an alcoholic and an addict and I didn't want to deal with the fact that I had relationship issues and I didn't want to deal with the fact that you know I had rejection and abandonment issues I wanted to make excuses and bury it. You know, many of us have all this pain on the inside and we continue to use various things as 
are coping mechanisms. So until I can accept that I'm an alcoholic, till I accept that I'm an addict, till I accept that I have a porn issue, until I accept that I have a food issue, that I can't really begin to say that I have this issue. As long as I continue to sweep it under the rug and not pay attention to it, allow it to stay in denial, I'm not truly, truly accepting it. So it's so important that until I could admit that I was an alcoholic, until I could admit that I'm powerless over alcohol, until I could admit that I have relationship issues, until I admit that I had all these other underlying issues besides just alcoholism and drug addiction and relationship issues, until I could admit that I had a lack of God in my life, that it was impossible for me to begin to accept people, places, and things in my life. So I continued to do a lot of the same things over and over and over again and wondering why I keep ending up in the same situations all over again. You know, and so often that we get disturbed and we find things to blame. You know, we blame this and we blame that and I complain about this and I complain about that. You know, many, many moons ago when I would consider myself an atheist and I would come to AA, a very disturbed individual, and I would complain about people and their higher power and people about their spirituality and AA in general and, you know, trying to figure out a way that I could use successfully. Someone confronted me and said, all you do is complain about your situations. The least you can do is pray about it. And that extremely disturbed me as I was already a disturbed individual. So I would say I was extremely angry, if not pissed. You know, and I'm like, don't you know who I am? And don't you know what my beliefs? Why don't you respect my beliefs? Well, I had no respect for anyone. You know, and I'm glad that this person confronted me that day and I'm almost glad that I don't know who it was because then I can't put that person on a pedestal but from that day forward any time that I would try to complain I'd hear this little voice in my head why don't you pray about it and still to this day almost a decade and a half later anytime that I'm really complaining about anything it's usually in my mind first and I hear this little voice that says, pray about it. Now, I'm not much of a complainer these days, which is a far different person than I once was. Because I, I've learned that complaining does me no good. Prayer, on the other hand, has the ability to change just about anything. You know, and when I begin to accept my problems... For me, I'm drawing a line in the sand and saying, this is the starting point. You know, until I accept certain aspects of my life, I'm always looking for the escape. And it's not always drugs and alcohol, not always pornography and sex, and not always food. You know, I can use TV, I can use a phone, I can get lost in Facebook. You know, I can find a million different things to, to get away from my circumstances, because what I really don't like is reality. I don't want to accept that this is the way it is because then I have to do something about it. And I typically don't want to do the work. I want the end result, but I don't want the process.
I want the end result, but I don't want the discipline. I want the end result, but I don't want to do any work. So a lot of times we pray these prayers to Jesus and nothing happens because we have to do some work. And we don't want to do the work. I want to continue to stay in my mess and continue to, to even get worse at some times. You know, and it's almost like when I'm a little kid, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to hurt myself. You know, if you don't give me what I want, then I'm going to get bad grades. If you don't give me what I want, I'm not going to go to school. If you don't want to give me what I want, I'm going to go get arrested. So here we are playing this game with God, and God's like, good luck with that. Until you accept me as I am Lord, and you are here to serve me, I can't really grow in my relationship with Jesus because I'm still trying to get Jesus to do my will. And it doesn't work. And we try it all the time. And we mask it and we find scriptures and we pray some prayers and we shababab of it and we, you know, maybe fast a day and we try to manipulate him over and over and over again because we just can't accept the fact that I'm going to have to do some work. And because Jesus doesn't show up the way I think he should, I have an excuse to keep doing what I'm doing. Because I truly can't accept the fact that I am a broken sinner and I need to repent and turn to him and then follow him that we have allowed Christianity to become this bless me club. When AA taught me, action is the solution to my problems. I am so grateful that in my brokenness, I, I found myself going to AA, an atheist, and broken and not believing and not wanting God, and coming to this understanding that I needed God and finally surrendering to the idea that there is a God, that my brokenness brought me to God and my sin eventually brought me to Jesus. But I had a whole lot of Alcoholics Anonymous in my brain before I got to Christianity. So when I got to Christianity and started reading the Bible, things took off really fast for me because I read the Bible like I would read the big book and it a lot of do this and don't do that. And when I started to apply action to my relationship with Jesus, and I started following him instead of trying to get him to follow me, my life began to change faster than I even understood what was really going on. You know, I was sharing part of my testimony with someone earlier today, and that the only thing I really had was a car when I first got sober and saved. And every week, I was filling that car with people and bringing them to church. You know, and recently, a friend of mine and I were watching the, the Bill Wilson story. And it hit me like a ton of bricks because he knew that he needed to help another person that there was no solution to our problem and that helping someone else, giving it away to keep it, was the solution. That he went to that first person and said, I'm not here for you, I'm here for me. And so often we lose that 
We lose the fact that I'm supposed to do something. You know, and we expect that it's all going to happen the way we think it's going to happen. But until we accept that every person, place, thing, or situation is exactly the way that it's supposed to be, what does that mean? It means that the sovereignty of God is at work in our lives. Recently, I was trying to explain, you know, why bad things happen, which is a very complicated topic. And I used the story of me being molested as a little kid. From the time that I was six to the time that I was nine, I was being abused. And for 20 years, I kept that hidden in my life. And eventually, in mental health counseling, I finally began to process it, and I came to the fact that it wasn't my fault. I could accept the fact that it wasn't my fault, that this person was sick, that this person had an issue, that this person was not my job to bring vengeance into their life. So as many times as I would think of horrible things about this person, that all that was doing is truly affecting me. So I had to accept the fact that my ways of thinking needed to change about that person. And eventually I looked at myself differently. And I could accept that. And later on as I came to Jesus and I started figuring out grace and understanding grace in my life and beginning to give grace to other people, I was able to forgive this individual. And today, I have no idea how many people I've shared this part of my testimony with. Thousands. And now it's going to go out into the internet. And who knows how many people are going to hear it. So the very worst part of my childhood, the deepest secret of mine, the worst pain that I could think of, now becomes a testimony of the victory of Christ in an individual's life. Because I finally accepted the fact that it's not my job to fix it. It's my job to let Jesus into this area of my life and let Jesus take control. That in my childhood I couldn't accept it. In my childhood I needed denial. In my childhood I couldn't wrap my mind around it. In my childhood I even would blame God for it which led to my atheism. But as an adult, in beginning to accept it, I could then begin to draw the line in the sand and move forward from it. And eventually allowing Jesus into this area and accepting that he could heal me of this brokenness that's on the inside of me. And that he could deal with the whole entire situation that he now then, what Genesis 50-20 tells us, is what the enemy intended for evil, God will use for his glory. So this now becomes a, a powerful testimony. And I have no idea also how many countless people have come up to me through the years if they've heard this part of my testimony and asked me, how do I start moving forward? And it begins the process of sharing parts of my testimony that are intimate, in helping men and women begin to move forward out of the deepest, darkest parts of their past and letting Jesus in there, letting the light in there, letting healing in there so that they can move forward and let go of it as well. So now that I've finally accepted this 
in giving it to Jesus, it's starting to unlock other people's areas in their lives. That in the moment, I can't see what God could potentially do. So did God allow it? No. I think the enemy is cunning, baffling, and powerful. I think the enemy comes to kill, rob, and destroy. I think the enemy uses people to create sinful situations in our life, which causes us lots of pain. Just like we have sinned against other people and caused them pain. That the enemy is at work and our sinful nature is at work. And God is always at work. And we can't explain it completely. But God will always use it if we give it to Him. And when I accept Christ's power to move in my life, is when I finally begin to surrender to God's world instead of my own. Because my world keeps me broken and sick. My world keeps me looking for outside solutions to create an inside solution which the only thing that can fix the inside problem is the Jesus who comes inside my heart and fixes me from the inside out. So often we try to, to, to make the outside look okay, but the inside is still dying. And Jesus rebukes the Pharisees of looking like whitewashed tombs. And a lot of times as Christians, we do that. We, hey, brother, praise the Lord. And yet inside, we're broken and hurting, but we can't let anybody know because we're scared and we can't accept the fact that we need help. And it's so important that we begin this process of letting God in these situations, letting other people, trustworthy people, into some of our situations, because we continue to try to do it our way, resulting in the same situation over and over and over again. And part of this acceptance is I need to accept the fact that I need accountability. I need to accept the fact that I can't overcome the sin on my own strength. I need to accept the fact that I need Jesus on a whole other level that I've ever understood before, that it's not just church and I own a Bible and I said a couple prayers. I need to build this deep, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus and allowing Him to direct my steps in every area of my life. And so often, we minimize Jesus' ability Because we can't accept him as the son of God because we're still trying to control him. And when he doesn't behave, we don't talk to him as much. And it's hard for us to really surrender ourselves because we are sinful and we want authority of our own lives. You know, I was recently talking with somebody and they're really struggling with God right now because they're going through stuff. And they're blaming God for their own character defects. You know, God's doing this and God's doing that. And I'm looking at it from an outside perspective and I'm like, you're doing those things and you're not getting your way and then you're blaming God because you're not getting your way. And so often we do that because we can't accept the fact that we need to surrender and do it His way. Because nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in his world by mistake. You know, certain things he allows and they're painful and we don't understand them. And we may not understand some of the things that we've been through. But I know as I continue to take areas of my past to the cross and say, Jesus, I can't do this. This is yours. You paid for this sin. 
You paid for the sin that I've committed, and you've paid for the sin that's been committed against me. So your blood has been shed for all sin. So if I give that sin to you, and allow you to do what you want to do with that sin, maybe you just wipe the slate clean. Maybe you make it one of the biggest, most powerful parts of our testimony. If you would have told me as a 25-year-old that's just beginning to talk about my sexual abuse in a, a confidential mental health counseling appointment, that one day, 15 years later, that I'd be willing to tell everybody, I'd be, oh, no, 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 we're not talking about this at all. Now, I'm not saying that every part of your testimony will be brought out like that. God has called me to radical transparency so that other people can begin to walk across the bridge of my testimony towards Jesus because it's by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb that people are saved. So if we're not willing to share parts of our testimony, and sometimes it's just intimately, that you know somebody's going through something and you're like, here's part of my testimony that not everybody is ever going to be called to, to stand in front of a group of people and, and share their deepest, darkest secrets. Some of us just need to let Jesus in there, and who knows, that somebody might come across your path at work, or somebody in your family, actually one of your best friends, that when you become ready, the opportunity presents itself, that nothing, absolutely nothing happens by mistake, that I cannot be happy until I begin to accept life on life's terms, that some of us have such a hard time with life's terms because I don't want this to be my life. So we stay in denial or we stay in this fantasy land, you know, and we try to, to recreate what's real in our minds in this daydream, and then we come out of that daydream extremely depressed because our life sucks. But I'm also not willing to do a lot of the work that's necessary to change my life. And what I've learned through the years is my critical nature, my critical spirit that I've had since I was a young boy that I learned to use as a defense mechanism that wielded sarcasm began to be the very thing that I used to protect me as grown up poor and grown up, grown up broken, that the popular kids or the rich kids would pick on me and I was able to have a quick tongue and make people laugh at the people that were picking on me and then they'd stop picking on me because they didn't want to be made fun of by the kid that they were trying to make fun of. And I learned that my criticism, my perfectionism, began to be this thing I could wield as a defense mechanism. But then it began to be used to hurt myself and to hurt other people around me. That I know that you want perfection just as I do. But the truth of the matter is, is no one can be perfect. And that a lot of times, you know, when you go down this road of pain for so long that we have these grandiose ideas and then we take a couple steps and the second one thing doesn't go right, the whole thing begins to collapse because we couldn't do it perfectly. Well, then set it on fire and walk away. And so many times that we have the sphere of success and the sphere of failure and we bounce back and forth between the two of them because we can't accept the fact that we can't do it perfectly. 
And I was taught that there is a spirit of excellence, that we can do things excellently. But a righteous man falls. A righteous man fails. That Jesus is the only one that's perfect. That we do our best and we ask God to help us do the rest. And I've also learned that when I ask for help, that things get done quicker and better than when I try to do them my way all the time. You know, and it's important for us that we realize that we're all children of God and that we're all in this process of growth and change and we all need Jesus. It's something that was taught to me and, I, and it really hit me a long time ago and I still keep it close, is that every single person has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. That in my atheism, in my belligerent arrogance, Jesus already paid for my sin. The only thing that needed to happen is I needed to accept him. So every person that we come across that doesn't believe in Jesus is actually a child of God. They just don't know it yet. And it's our job to be a light in their life instead of criticizing them because they don't have Jesus. And so often when we do that, we're keeping them from Jesus because they don't want what we have because we don't want what we have. But yet there's this fear inside of us that if they believe something different than us, and we haven't really spent a lot of time in our word, that we look foolish so that we, we criticize or minimize. And until I accept the fact that I don't know all the answers, I can read the Bible for the rest of my life, and I'm not going to know everything. It's impossible. I don't have all the answers. <coughs> and it's okay for us to say, I don't know. Can I accept the fact that I go into situations and I don't know what I'm doing? I know I frustrate many of you, because you ask me questions, and I ask you, did you pray about it? <laughs> well, da, 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 well, Tom, but, uh, well, did you pray about it? Well, but, but, because you want me to give you an answer that I may not have. But I know if you pray about it and I pray about it, we got a better chance of coming up with something that might work. That's right. You know, and I say this over and over again that I have a 100% track record of destroying everything I touch. And I'll be honest with you, that is no different today. When Tom's will begins to manifest in Tom's life, things go crazy. When Tom steps back and says, all right, Jesus, your way, things start to seemingly fall right into place. And yet we still try to manifest our own will. And we still use prayer as this last-ditch effort, like, I'm going to do it my way, and then, hey, Jesus, can you make this work? And I have to accept, accept the fact that my will, my way, will never work. Even in my child of God status. Because it's deny myself and follow Jesus. That the only reason that I've made it this far in my life is that I finally came to the conclusion that I have no idea what I'm doing. And if it's not Jesus moving in my life, 
I have no idea what I'm doing. And today, because I've read things and I've studied things and I have some experience and I have some wisdom and a lot of the same situations continue to manifest and in people's lives as they're trying to get Jesus or get sober or get free, that it's really not different. That I have wisdom in a lot of areas because I've dealt with certain areas hundreds of times. Well, how do you know that's God? Because every time every person before you has done that, it's ended pretty badly. Well, how do you know? I don't. Give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Let me know how that's going to work out for you. I hate it when you say that. Well, I'm like, you keep doing the thing. Sorry. I've accepted the fact that I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. And every one of us needs to accept the fact that I'm a sinner and my way doesn't work and I need Jesus. That everything works out in God's handiwork. But I'm impatient. How about you? And I still want what I want when I want it. And when I don't get it, this little itty-bitty baby Tom comes out and stomps his feet and gets angry. And then adult mature Tom who's gotten beaten down enough, says, shut up, sit still. And sometimes we allow little baby ourselves to direct our emotions and say, I'm going to do it my way. God's not moving fast enough. An adult person says, that's a bad idea. I don't care. Because we have yet to accept the fact that God's timing is better than our own. And it's hard sometimes. Trust me, I still struggle with it. I'm like, hey, God, any time now you could do within a couple of these things, that'd be great. He's like, yeah, 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 just a little bit longer. Holy smokes. You and your little bit longer are like years. Just just a little while, a little while, eternity, a little while. Like, look over here. I only got this limited amount of time. He's like, yeah, 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 I got this. Okay, Jesus, you got this. And I sit still to the best of my ability because I've accepted the fact that when I push him, the result is poor. When I sit and rest in him, things begin to materialize. You know, it's so important that we begin to understand this area of acceptance. You know, and it doesn't mean that we accept abuse, and it doesn't mean that we accept, you know, people hurting us or, you know, and we need boundaries and we need, you know, discernment. You know, and if we're not quite sure, it's important that we have accountability or, or, you know, someone to talk to that helps us to wrap our mind around this. It's not absolute. But God is always moving. He's always at work. And when we accept his way instead of our own, we're moving, we're moving forward. When we continue to try to push our way, when we continue to complain, when we continue to, to, to minimize and criticize others, we're not pointing towards Jesus. Until I can accept that I have this issue in my life that I can't get free of and I need help, then I'm still trying to have power over it. I'm still trying to manage it. So I haven't really accepted the fact that I'm powerless over whatever it is and I need people to help me to get out of it because I've tried to get out of it myself and it doesn't work.
And every one of us has one of those areas, if not a dozen, that we continue to try to do it our way, that we continue to try to get God to do it our way, that we continue to try to get the Bible to do it our way. Because in the end, we don't want to really surrender it because we might want to use it a little more. And sometimes we think we're doing it. And we trust God to a point, and then it doesn't happen the way we think it does, and we, we take it back for a minute. And we get spanked a little bit, and we wonder why it hurt. Because we haven't truly accepted the fact that I can never touch things that are hot. You know, I love the line in the big book that says that when I think of a drink, it'll be like sticking my hand in a hot flame that I'll recoil from it. And that we have to realize that certain sins in our lives, that any time that we think of it, it's a bad idea. And when we go to touch it, it's going to be hot. Just like sticking our hand in a hot flame. And so often we, what if I touch it one more time? What if I go hang out with this person one more time? What if I look at this thing one more time? What if I drink just one more time? It's not that big of a deal. And then we touch it, and it's hot, and we get hurt. And we're like, why did this happen? Why did God allow that? And God's like, um, I've been telling you the whole time that that's a bad idea. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Because we have to accept the fact that we're sinners and we need to repent and we need Jesus and we need to do it his way and we need to follow him and we need to be obedient to that still small voice that's telling us to do stuff that we don't want to do. We have to resist the enemy who's trying to get us to do things one more time. What's the big deal? You've done it a thousand times. That I have to accept the fact that I can't continue to sin and get breakthrough. I have to accept the fact that I need Jesus on a whole other level. I need to accept the fact that I need accountability. I need to accept the fact that God will use my pain if I surrender it to Him. So I just really encourage you to, to wrap your mind around this. Because this is something that has really helped me and benefited me through the, my walk with my recovery and my walk with Christ is accepting the, the certain aspects at certain times and realizing that if I keep trying to make it my way, I get the same result. And sometimes accepting Jesus' way and doing it His way scares us because we don't know what to expect. Well, what if He doesn't give me what I want? Well, have we accepted the fact that every time that we go after what we want, it causes a lot of pain and damage, not only for ourselves, but everyone else that knows us. So how come now that I have Jesus and I'm trying to walk forward, I'm still trying to get what I want? When what I want is normally sinful, and what I want normally hurts me and everyone. So I need to lay down what I want and figure out what Christ wants. And when I do what Christ wants, it's already blessed because Christ is blessed. So it's so important that we begin to accept certain aspects, let Jesus into certain areas, let people into certain areas, stop trying to do it ourselves, realize that God's at work in things, even when we can't see Him or we don't think He's paying attention and we've prayed certain prayers and nothing's happening. It doesn't mean that He's not paying attention. It doesn't mean that the answer to that prayer isn't already happening in our lives. We just can't see it because we're focused on what we want. 
And we need to accept the fact that His ways are above our ways. And that He will work all things together for good for those that love Him according to His purposes, not ours. And as we continue to learn to surrender aspects of our lives, accept aspects of our lives, He will draw us closer to Him and He will deliver us from everything that we struggle with. So I just really encourage you tonight to really just take a minute. Just bow your heads with me and just take a minute. In what areas in your life were popping up this evening, things that you need to accept, things that you need to process, things that you need to let go of, things that you need to hand over, things that you need to resist, areas that you need to allow Jesus into, areas that you need to allow people into, and accept the fact that His ways are so much better than our own. Lord, I just ask that you would move this this evening, Lord. I ask that you would move in our minds. Help us to, to truly accept that you love us more than anything that we could ever know. That your love for us goes far beyond our understanding. That your love for us reached into all of eternity and died for us yet while we were still sinners. That how deep, how far is your love for us? So Lord, when we can accept that you love us and we realize that you are going to work everything out for good and that we may not understand how that happens and we may not understand the timing of how that's going to happen. But when we accept your way above our own, that we can begin to truly follow you, that we can begin to resist certain temptations, that we can begin to get breakthrough and overcome areas of sin in our lives because we're accepting the fact that we can never go back to these areas ever and do those things successfully. So Lord, I ask that you would guide us, help us to grow, help us to change, help us to heal. Help us to really truly chase after you with our whole hearts as diligently and as passionately as that we have chased sin in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would show up powerfully in our lives. I ask that you would move in our lives. I pray for healing into the depths of who we are. That we can accept the fact that you are more powerful and more loving than we will ever truly know. Lord, I just thank you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.